Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Let's get into, well, shiny objects. I have for years talked about, written about uh, shiny objects. The shiny objects are the things that distract you the things that you focus on, particularly if you're a political activist, they are very often the things that uh, your party leaders dangle in front of you to distract you from all the things they're not doing. Roe v. Wade is a shiny object for the Democrats at this point. And things aren't going well across the board. There are a series of troubling stories For starters, uh, there is this from the National Catholic Register. Uh, Nationally, 35 pregnancy centers have been damaged by vandalism since May 2nd. Two pro-life pregnancy centers were hit the other night uh, with overnight vandalism after 15 uh, 15 hours after the Massachusetts State's Attorney General issued a consumer advisory warning Massachusetts residents about such centers. One, Clearway Clinic sustained smash glass in two doors and three windows. Jane's Revenge was spray-painted in black capital letters on the walkway by the entrance, a reference to the shadowy pro-abortion group that's been targeting pro-life organizations across the country with late-night property damage. A little more than two hours away, Problem Pregnancy, a crisis pregnancy center that is across the street from a Planned Parenthood location, was hit with blue and gold paint. That's the latest among more than 30 pro-life pregnancy centers damaged by vandalism since May 2nd. On Wednesday, Massachusetts Attorney General Maura Healey issued a warning to the state's residents against crisis pregnancy centers with her statement shortened to CPCs. They do not provide comprehensive reproductive health care. They're organizations that seek to prevent people from accessing abortion health care. Now, I got to pause here and point out what a cult it is within the Democratic Party. Do you know what a crisis pregnancy center does? A crisis pregnancy center provides ultrasounds, provides doctors, provides prenatal vitamins, provides uh, training on how to care for a child, provides formula, provides uh, prenatal doctor checkups, provides diapers, provides cribs, provides clothes, provides rocking chairs, does all these things. Now, not all of them do everything, but most of them overwhelmingly provide medical services for pregnant mothers who can't afford to go to the doctor. It's what they do. It's why they're there. From uh, from conception past birth. I mean, some of them have relationships going on several years past birth. Uh, and you would not know this from the language of the Democrats. Again, the um, this is this is what the, the 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 attorney general says. CPCs do not provide comprehensive reproductive health care. While crisis pregnancy centers claim to offer reproductive health care services, their goal is to prevent people from accessing abortion and contraception. In Massachusetts, you have the right to a safe and legal abortion. In other words, because crisis pregnancy centers, as the left calls them does not offer abortions, they do not offer reproductive health care services. For the left, reproductive health care services is only an abortion. 
It's not actually having the child. As I mentioned yesterday, there have been a number of undercover sting operations at uh, Planned Parenthood operations around the country, and they all have found, unconnected to each other, that uh, Planned Parenthoods encourage abortion and don't provide other health care services. To the left, killing a child is reproductive health. Actually having the child, taking care of the child, uh, giving birth to the child is considered not reproductive health on the left. It's Orwellian. So they're attacking these centers around the country that provide poor moms ultrasounds, doctors, vitamins, healthcare checkups, uh, prenatal screenings, everything you need, and they're attacking them. Some of them have been burned to the ground. Others otherwise um, painted on, windows smashed, et cetera. And you're told perversely that they don't offer healthcare when that's exactly what they do. These people are in a cult on the left. They're in a cult. It's a shiny object cult. They're dangling the keys here. Pay no attention to all the failures here. We got Roe to deal with, except there's a problem. Democrats are becoming increasingly angry with the Biden administration because the Biden administration is cautioning them that anything they do about Roe could be undone by the next Supreme Court. So, in fact, Democrats have spent the last several weeks with a talking point. We need to codify Roe v. Wade. We need to make Roe v. Wade the law of the land. That's what the Democrats have been saying since the Dobbs decision. Behind the scenes now, Democratic operatives in Washington coming out of the White House and Congress are saying, no, 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 shh, stop saying that. Don't say that. The Supreme Court might make it more difficult for us. Don't say it. Biden, for example, had thought about declaring a public health emergency. That's one of the things that that came out of their strategy session. President Biden said Sunday he's weighing whether to consider declaring abortion access a public health emergency, a decision that would appease some within his party calling for such a move, but would go against some of his administration who've said it's an unnecessary step. Some in his party have been calling on Biden to declare this public health emergency, a move that would make limited deference to the policies or actions he could take, but also one that could elevate the issue and show his seriousness. It's a shiny object. Jen Klein, the director of White House Gender Policy, says it didn't seem like a great option. When we looked at the public health emergency, we learned a couple of things. One, is that it doesn't free very many resources. It's what's in the public health emergency fund, and there's very little money, tens of thousands of dollars. So that didn't seem like a great option. It also doesn't release a significant amount of legal authority. They're giving up on that one. They don't want you to talk about codifying Roe v. Wade. They don't want to declare a public health emergency. They're not going to put abortion clinics on federal land. That's the latest craze from the progressives. At a time there's no money and people can't buy gas, they want the Biden administration to put abortion centers on federal land in the several states. Now they're considering an offshore, using like an an oil rig or an abandoned oil rig or a boat in the Gulf of Mexico and putting an abortion clinic there. These people have lost their minds. It's a cult of killing kids. And there's a problem. 
Democrats have been convinced that this is the issue that will galvanize people on their behalf headed into the November election. They've been pretty steadily convinced, in fact, that this issue might just be the game changer they need, except it's not. The generic ballot polling shows the Republicans still have a lead on the generic ballot, a 2.5 percentage point lead, which is their best historic showing. Not only that, Joe Biden's job approval is tanking. A 19-point spread in the Real Clear Politics polling average. The average is 37.7, but keep in mind the anomalies here. You had the IBD tip poll that had him at 40%, but really, look at all the polls. You had the um, the Reuters poll at him at 36 had the Monmouth poll at him at 36, the Insider Advantage poll 37, Rasmussen 37, New York Times 33. It's looking like 40% is the anomaly here, and he's somewhere down in the mid-30s. And abortion has not helped the Democrats. And you know what they do is they dangle as a shiny object in front of their their base. They say, look at this, look at this, we're fighting, we're fighting. This is proof we're fighting, and, and what exactly are they fighting? What exactly are the Democrats fighting for? Nothing. The Biden administration doesn't want them to do anything. This is from Politico yesterday. Last month, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. Now the same body is scaring the Biden administration from responding with bolder steps. As President Joe Biden faces calls for more drastic action on abortion, the legal team vetting his options has found itself preoccupied by a single pressing concern. Any action they could take would simply be struck down by the very court that put them in this place. Those fears have complicated and slowed the White House post-Roe actions, with officials worried a more aggressive response from Biden could backfire further entrenched anti-abortion restrictions and open the door to even more severe limits on his executive power. The administration's already rejected ideas pushed by the left, like a health emergency declaration and opening abortion clinics on federal land over concerns about legal implications. But the concern over litigation is so significant, the White House has also closely guarded the options under discussion to prevent Republican attorneys general and anti-abortion groups from preparing lawsuits ahead of time, a person with knowledge of the discussion said. They are governed by fear on this issue. Fascinating to me. They're governed really genuinely by fear on this issue. They do not know how to proceed without alienating people. If they proceed, they will alienate some group of the Democratic base or independent voters for caring too much about it. And yet, this is all that matters to progressive voters. This is the only thing that matters to progressive voters. Remember last week, there was a story in Politico that progressives were upset Biden was fixated on inflation. They were upset that he was fixated on inflation, of all things. They wanted to focus on abortion rights. They wanted to focus on health care. They wanted to focus on transgender rights, all the things that will alienate independent voters. We're really watching in real time the crack up of the Democratic Party. It's remarkable how so many people in the media are trying very, very hard to scramble to other things. They're back to January 6th now on the TV networks. They're focusing on that now. 
They're focusing on so many other issues. The Democratic Party has moved on. It's just brutal for the Democrats. And all they have for their base is a shiny object. And that shiny object works the base into a frenzy. They can fundraise off of it, but ultimately they can't fix it. And that's going to drive the Democratic Party base insane. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. I got to play you this audio. This is Allison Camerata with, uh, what's his name, Frank Lutz. I want to play for you this. It's about a two-minute clip, but I I want you to hear this whole thing. You remember, Luntz was the Republican pollster who helped the GOP in 1994. He's drifted to the left, really not a fan of Donald Trump, doesn't really like the Trump Republicans, and they're talking about the January 6th committee. I want to ask you about what's happening with the January 6th committee um, and whether or not you think that that's having any impact. I heard you saying that you thought that um, Congressman Zoe Lofgren um, was using sort of ineffective language about it and what the committee's role is. So let me play that for you. We are going to be connecting the dots uh, during these hearings between uh, these groups and uh, those who were trying to, in, in uh, government circles to overturn uh, the elections. Isn't that their job, Frank? What's wrong with that language? It's exactly their job, but it's not the right language. That's exactly what you do, but you don't say it. You don't tell people the conclusion. You let them come to it, which is why this hearings, they could have been so much more effective if they had shown the videos first, give people the evidence, the facts first, and then draw the conclusion. But the problem is that politicians always want to speak first. They always want to set the tone. They always want camera time. And that undermines, undercuts the credibility of, of the hearings. And with each passing hearing, the, the uh, viewership is falling. And it's falling among people who they really want to watch. Democrats have already made up their minds that Donald Trump isn't their cup of tea. Independents aren't not, are not nearly as engaged. And the Republicans, quite frankly, aren't watching at all. So how are you going to change public opinion if the people that you most need to pay attention are the ones least likely to follow it? So I've got simple advice for them because I know they watch your show. Stop doing the politics. Stop doing the histrionics. Let the people decide. Show them the facts, the videos of this, and then let them draw their own conclusion. You don't have to connect the dots. The American public is smart enough that they will. That's Frank Lutz talking to the January 6th committee. But you know what? They're not going to do that. Uh, They hired that guy from ABC News to roll stuff out. The only reason I bring this up is because you know what that's not about? You know what they're not talking about? Roe v. Wade. They're not talking about it. They've moved on. They moved to something else. Uh, And I find that very notable. Last night, even... uh, Don Lemon did it as well, uh, and he essentially said uh, that uh, I'm not going to play you Don Lemon's clip. I I don't didn't even want Charlie to have to cut it up this morning, but I'll, I'll just read you uh, to some of the things that have been done uh, been doing before and and warn you about the trouble that our democracy is in and the importance of Washington, especially when it comes to each of the hearings 
or January 6th. This is not partisan. This isn't about our, this is about our democracy and saving our democracy and fighting for documents. So as I've said before, don't fall for the old uh, trick. You've heard me say that, but right now, tonight, the United States has never been more true. Just go with me here. Don't fall for the old okie dokie. Don't fall for it when people try to tell you that uh, what happened on January 6th is all the past. It's over and done. It's not. This is important. I mean, they're, 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 they've moved on, folks. It's really notable that they're back to fixating about January 6th. Now, now let's go back to yesterday's New York Times Siena poll. Do you know what doesn't register well in the polls? This. This. The GOP Trump issue, 2% of voters care about it. 3% of voters care about Democrats and and, uh, Biden. 1% care about integrity, uh, election integrity. Now, it is true there's something like 11% care about our democracy. That's true. But that's also pretty split. Republicans and Democrats alike care about it for different reasons. So you can't really uh, discern much from that poll number. Overwhelmingly, though, 35% of Americans care about the economy. That's the number one issue. Nobody cares about this stuff except for these people. Now, listen, I think it was bad, all that, blah, blah, blah. You, you know where I stand on the issue, whether you agree with me or not. At least you know where I stand. I'm not trying to pull one over on you. I'm not trying to placate some of you who may disagree with me on that. I thought it was a very bad day. I thought it was a very big deal. Um one of the, the worst incursions into the Capitol, but not the worst. They would have you think it was the worst. Actually, uh, the Puerto Rican nationalists trying to shoot up the House of Representatives was the worst. The British storming the Capitol, trying to burn it to the ground was worse. Um, it, but it doesn't matter. If the Democrats want it to matter, if the Democrats care passionately enough that it must matter, they got to fix the economy. Nobody is going to care about January 6th when they're hungry and they can't fill up their car with gas and they're worried about paying their bills. In fact, there's a story out there today on this very issue that gives you a sense that the economy is turning and not in a good way. Home buyers are canceling deals at the highest rates since the start of the pandemic. Americans are canceling deals to buy homes at the highest rate. The share of sale agreements on existing homes canceled in June was just under 15%. That's the highest share since early 2020 when home buying paused immediately but briefly due to COVID cancellations last year were 11%. All sorts of warning signs about the economy. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the point of the show where I make many of you mad. It's not my intention to make you mad, but I can tell given some hate mail I got the other day when I only briefly touched on the subject that this is going to aggravate some of you, seasoned citizens in particular. There clear There is definitely a demographic uh, that cares about this story, and they are all much older than me. I don't mean that pejoratively. I'm just telling you. I know what what uh, the, the interaction with with my listeners shows, and I know what the data shows. I know what the polling shows, and it is older Republicans, fifty five and up, really sixty and up, care passionately about this issue. And I made some pretty mad the other day, and I didn't mean to, but I want you to hear me out. You may disagree with me. That's I don't care when people disagree with me. You know, my job is never to tell you what to think. I do not want to tell you what to think. 
My job is to tell you what I think, but my job before that is to keep you entertained, number one. Number two, to tell you what's going on in the world, not what I think, not what I want you to think, but what is actually happening and why it's happening, an analysis of what's actually going on. So you are smarter than everybody else in your circle of friends. And then I'll tell you what I think, and you can call me if you disagree with me. I don't care if you disagree with me, but I'm usually right. And I'm right on this. I've mentioned shiny objects. Shiny objects in politics are those things that uh, a partisan will dangle in front of his base to get them all riled up and excited. You shake the keys at them. They all seal clap. And they they clap. They're so excited. It's it's a bunch of seal clapping members of the base. Oh, my gosh, she's going to do it. Oh, my gosh, this is so good. This is going to get us. This is going to be our silver bullet. This is how we're going to win. And it doesn't work that way. What the shiny object actually does is it distracts you from the incompetence or the lack of willingness to fight or do a good job by your own side. Hunter Biden is a shiny object. I got an angry email from a listener the other day who said, uh, shame on me, I should know better. What Hunter Biden exposes is Joe Biden's graft, greed, corruption, use of his name and power to enrich his family at the expense of the United States. It shows Joe Biden's a traitor. Okay, boomer. Nobody cares about Hunter Biden except for the people who are already going to vote against Joe Biden. Nobody, you're going to persuade people. Now, listen, uh, I, I I have sadly had to see that I, I was not expecting to see naked Hunter Biden. And I got to admit, uh, I tried to pour bleach in my eyes. It was not pleasant. I'm sure they'll say they're all Photoshopped. There was one that appeared to be a, a Joe Biden in a compromising position. I, it looked kind of Photoshopped to me, but it doesn't matter. Um, what's going to happen here, and for those of you who don't know all the details, so Hunter Biden's uh, cell phone has allegedly allegedly been leaked. There's a telegraph channel or telegram channel, an, an app on your phone, and you can get the Hunter Biden iPhone leaks. And there are pictures that appear to be real of Hunter Biden with prostitutes. There are videos that appear to be real of Hunter Biden engaged in explicit sexual conduct with these prostitutes and him filming everything. There are documents that purport to show uh, him texting his father to try to get money that went to prostitutes and Joe Biden had no idea. There are uh, alleged pseudonyms of Joe Biden. There's all sorts of stuff there. And none of this actually matters to anybody except for the people who are already going to vote against Joe Biden. Now, some of you listen to me. Some of you are being mad at me for saying that you're going to rationalize why it matters to everyone else and why it's going to bring down the House of Biden and why I should be paying attention to it and why I should care about it. And maybe some more stuff will come out. But right now, from what I see, this is the stuff that pisses off the people, riles them up, who are already going to vote against Joe Biden. This is the stuff that makes people very, very angry who are already very, very angry. 
And this is the stuff that the hardest core of the hardcore conservative sites will circle all around and, and cover because they know it gets them traffic and it does not move the needle. It's a shiny object. And I can tell you how it's going to be used by the Republicans. And this is my concern. When the Republicans take back Congress and Kevin McCarthy is Speaker of the House of Representatives, what they will do is they will hold investigatory hearings on Hunter Biden. Some of you right now, you're nodding along. Yes, yes, they need to. Yes, we need to get to the bottom of this. How bad was it? Did he trade on Joe? What about Ukraine? Did they set up Trump? We need to find this stuff out. And they'll investigate. And they'll make sure you know they're investigating. And they'll send you fundraisers, making sure you know how hard they're investigating. And they'll never investigate and impeach Merrick Garland. And they'll never investigate and impeach Secretary Mayorkas. They'll never investigate the school board issue with the Department of Justice. Well, that that one they probably will. They'll never pass an appropriations bill that reigns in the side of government. They'll pass continuing resolutions that continue to fund the government with year-over-year percentage increases agreed to with the Democrats. They won't fight anything else. We gave you Hunter Biden. Look at the Hunter Biden stuff. It's the perfect shiny object for the GOP. And, you know, honestly, I think the Hunter Biden story makes Joe Biden look sympathetic. You're never going to prove the stuff that looks kind of photoshopped to me, but maybe it's real that that really puts Joe Biden in negative light. You're not even going to get Fox News to cover that. OAN's about to go bankrupt over the stolen election stuff. They're not going to cover it. You're going to have the wackadoo fringy fringes sites of the GOP cover it. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to pay attention. The National Enquirer will cover it, and that's about it. And while you're so worked up about it and you care so much about it and you're positive it's the silver bullet to take out the Biden administration, it is the thing to end him. Well, the Democrats have already moved on from him too. 65% of Democrats want him gone. Not good. 65% of Democrats want him gone. It's remarkable. But not only that, not only that, even more young people want him gone. Already listen to this conversation with Jake Tapper's crew, a uh, roundtable discussion on CNN about the New York Times polling numbers. Nearly two-thirds of Democratic primary voters want a different nominee. Two-thirds. If you break it down by age, 94% of Democratic primary voters under the age of 30, 94% say they don't want Biden. That is a stunning number. Yes. Um. I mean, he swept his grandchildren, but other than that, I mean, like, who, uh, I mean, 94% don't want him, who are, dem- again, 94%. Demo- Democrats yeah. under yeah. the age yeah. of 30. Yeah. That is 90, yes, that's, wow, 94% is bad. Everybody else is ready to move on from Joe Biden anyway. So the Hunter Biden stuff distracts from the policy issues that you can tie around the rest of the Democrats. You're not going to tie Hunter Biden around the rest of them. You're just not. Nobody cares to begin with. Very few media outlets have covered it. To the extent that they've covered it, uh, they're doing it judiciously, they say. You could be mad they're not covering it more. 
You can be mad they originally circled the wagons and, and said it was Russian disinformation and then oops are bad when it turned out it was true. You can be mad about all that stuff. I get it. I am too. But I also realize that it's the shiny object that's going to distract Republicans from doing anything substantive in Washington. It's the thing that Kevin McCarthy's going to hide behind to distract you from the fact they're not going to do anything substantive. And the reality is they need to keep the message on the economy now and inflation. They need to focus on those things. And Republicans are bad at multitasking and paying attention. I, You know, I, I can't say I was surprised that I made some elderly seasoned citizen angry the other day by saying I don't care about the Hunter Biden story and I don't much cover it. And the reason I don't cover it is because it's a tragic story. There's a lot there and also doesn't persuade anyone. He was very upset and I'm not surprised people get upset about the slightest thing these days. But I, I want you to understand, I, I really do think you're wrong if you think that this story moves the needle. We see this all the time, and both parties always look for the silver bullet, this one thing that will take out the other party. Everybody does it. With Donald Trump, the Democrats spent four years looking for the silver bullet to take out Trump. With the Democrat, with, with Obama, there was a silver bullet. It was Obamacare. If only, if only we could do this one thing, we could get rid of Obamacare and Obama. Everybody wants the silver bullet. Silver bullet is a mythology anyway. The shiny object is real, y'all. Both sides do it. The Democrats right now, they're dangling Roe v. Wade out. They're going to fight about Roe v. Wade. They're going to advance it. They're going to take back Congress. They're going to pack the Supreme Court. Give us money. Give us money. Give us money. We'll make it happen. And Democratic partisans are like, oh, my gosh, we got to side with you now. We got to give you our money. And Republicans are going to make sure you know they took a bold stand on Hunter Biden. Give us money, please. And pay no attention to the fact that we're going to fixate on Hunter Biden and not do any of the other stuff we promised. He's a shiny object distraction that keeps you from paying attention to what the GOP isn't actually going to do. That's the problem. Now, if only we could run the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and clean the air. And maybe be friends again after you all disagree. Um, you know, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, you can get three of them if you go to uh, EdenPureDeals.com and put in Eric3, E-R-S-E-K, and the number three. Uh, when you go to the website, you're asked for a host code, and you put that in, Eric3, and you get three of them for less than $200. You save $200, and you get free shipping. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm gets rid of the viruses, the mildew, the mold, the bacteria, the pollen that float in the air, and it's filterless. You just wipe it out on occasion, so you don't have to get a filter subscription. But more importantly, really more importantly, it eliminates odors. So I can run it in my car. And if there's stinky odors, I can run it and it eliminates the odors. I can run it in a hotel room. It'll eliminate odors or in your musty basement or your RV. You can plug it into the wall with a USB cord or you can plug it directly into the wall. It powers in a couple of ways and it works great. You get three of them for less than $200 and free shipping at EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. Okay, so I got a housekeeping item here again. If you don't remember, I'm going to be out for the next three days. Now, you should come by. Victor's going to be hanging out. Alan Sanders is going to be hanging out uh, with you guys. Uh, and thank you to them for um, taking this on. So I had intended, in in all honesty, Kander, I I'm serious here. I had intended to be able to do the show from the road. I've got to be in Las Vegas. Now, this is not a pleasure trip. This is a business trip. I was supposed to, it was going to be a pleasure trip. It was going to be fun. I was going to go to Vegas. 
on the company dime, spend a couple of days having fun, uh, eating, shooting guns, and give a speech. And then I was going to fly to Park City, Utah, and I was going to give a speech in Park City, Utah, and then I was going to come home. And now it's become something more. I've got to give lots of speeches, multiple speeches, sit on multiple panels, do book signings. Uh, and I, I apparently on Saturday get to go fly fishing in Utah, allegedly. I didn't even know I was going to do that. I had to go out last night and buy some pants um, that they recommended, but um, it, it, nylon pants that, that dry easy. But nonetheless, so I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be traveling. It's going to be work. There's not going to be a lot of downtime for fun. I mean, my schedule is so jam-packed. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. I was hoping for more fun. So don't don't think I'm having fun. It's actually real work. But uh, I'll be back on Monday. Um, also, I need to give you an update on Ukraine. We haven't talked much about Ukraine. You know, the Russians have been doing pretty good in the east of Ukraine. There's a problem, though. Uh, the HIMAR has, has come up. Uh, that is the American long-range missile battery that can shoot multiple missiles and within two minutes pack up and move. So countermeasures aren't very effective against it. It moves very fast and gets out of the way. It launches missiles, launches medium to long-range missiles, and the Ukrainians have, I think, uh, eight of them. They're going to have 12 more coming. And what's so fascinating about the way this thing operates is that it um, – it can drive 300 miles. It's got a top speed of 53 miles an hour. And then it shoots these high-precision missiles that go 50 miles. Now, a howitzer only goes 25 miles, and it's not very precise. This thing is guided by satellite, goes 50 miles, and it is just decimating Russian ammo depots. So the Russians are storing their weapons in eastern Ukraine. The Ukrainians are using satellites to target those depots, and then they're firing the HIMARS and the British uh, MLRS and various howitzers, and they're wiping out the um, depots where the arms are for the Russians. And in fact, according to one Russian, uh, they are facing a wild shell hunger, a wild shell hunger. That is, they are running out of shells to be able to fight the Ukrainians because of our American technology. Putin's forces face a quote unquote out of the blue ammunition shortage as warehouses are destroyed one by one using this American system. Uh, one Russian who's furious about this says we've lost these warehouses one by one and said out of the blue, a wild shell hunger has just been created by the enemy who has mastered new foreign artillery systems. I mean, honestly, what this war is doing is creating in Ukraine one of the best trained armies in Europe. They're going to be far better trained than most of the major continental European forces now, and they're going to know how to use our technology, and they're going to be allied to us. This is a very big development. The Russians looked like they were settling into eastern Ukraine. It looked like they were going to do okay. It looked like they could probably seize the territory. And now, however, the Ukrainians are using our long-range missile systems, and not only are they blowing up weapons depots, depriving the Russians of armory, but they're also targeting operation centers where generals are, throwing the Russians into chaos. And these missiles move so fast, once they're detected, they're hard to stop, and they tend to fly under radar systems, this particular sort of missile. So the anti-missile technology that the Russians have is thus far not able to stop them. It's causing chaos in the field, American technology. It really is fascinating to see that we are fighting a war against the Russians. We're fighting it by proxy. 
but they're using our weapon systems and they're using them quite effectively. And it turns out all of those weapon systems that we for years have been developing that the Democrats have wanted to cancel, that, that people in Washington haven't been sure about, turns out they work really, really, really well, particularly against the Russians. Now, the big threat are the Chinese. And we're not there yet combating the Chinese. But it's actually pretty good. This is pretty good news. And the Ukrainians look like they're a force to be reckoned with. The Russians underestimated. And our technology, we're going to get them some more of these. Joe Biden and the Republicans and Democrats alike all pushing to get them as many as quick as possible. And we're helping them. And that's good. You guys have a great rest of the week. I will see you all on Monday.